everybody. Welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. Greenlight. Candyman. Candyman. Beetlejuice. Candyman. Beetlejuice. Wait. Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's Just kidding. Misleading. We're not doing Beetlejuice this week. I was going to say, slightly misleading. I did see a tweet that was like, okay, you say Candyman five times, I say Beetlejuice three times when we make him fight. That is true. I did see that. That was pretty funny. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, welcome back. It's your favorite podcast hosts, Jackson and Lauren. Ooh. And as you guessed, one of the movies we're talking about this week is the newly released Candyman. Which I still need to see, but Jackson has seen. I have seen it, and... I'll be talking about that. Lauren, what will you be discussing this week? I'm going to be talking about the 2010 film uh, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, just like last week. Tooth eh. Fairy. Some would say Masterpiece, and some I would be wrong. I thought saying that, and then I decided not to, because <laughs> it is not. But it's still fun. Yeah. And we'll get into all of that. Uh, but as you know, if you're a long-time listener of the show, or if you're new, we'll usher you in with a bit of housekeeping things. Uh, were you checking out reviews? I was, and we don't have any. Okay, once again, Boo. you all failed your assignment. Uh, many weeks in a row of you failing your assignment. So, uh, very disappointed. Yeah, very You know, I really, I really think this is going to pick back up in a couple of weeks when Who Is That comes back. I hope so. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, speaking of, we have another podcast that will be starting back up soon, as Lauren mentioned, the Who Is That podcast, because The Masked Singer Season 6 Wow. We'll be we'll be starting Starts up in a September couple 22nd. weeks. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned to that. Twenty days away. Uh, both of those shows share a Patreon. Yeah. And uh, Lauren's going to tell you a little bit about that right That's now. That's right. That's patreon.com slash the green light. That link is also in the description below. Um, we do some cool stuff on there. We do some bonus content. We still need to do Mass Singer UK content because one of our listeners very, very nicely gave us access to uh, the Mass Singer UK shows. Um we also do green lit episodes where we pair a movie that we love from our childhood or just in general uh, with a beverage, and we still need to do the Blues Brothers, but we're doing that uh, in a couple days. Yeah, so, th- this weekend yeah. we will be watching the Blues Brothers and posting it on our Patreon. Uh, thank At you, the my $5 father. Level, yeah, yes. for the for the inspiration for that. Yeah, uh, I know. Also, my family, uh, well, my dad specifically, has been like begging us to do. Maybe not a green lit episode because it is a series, um, but some some kind of bonus thing related to alcohol uh, with the show Manifest. Oh, because really? he thinks it's ridiculous. I did not and know so that. And so does my mother, kind of. Well, then. Uh, well, we he wants us to do like do a drinking well. game with. I think it's like every time this one guy takes off his glasses, every time someone says "calling." Uh, there are a couple other things, but is yeah. your father trying to kill us? Does that happen a lot? What's the deal? <laughs> he might be trying on? to kill us. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll TBD keep you posted. On that one. But yeah, we have a lot of fun content going on over there, so uh, definitely check it out. Uh, also follow us on social media at TGL underscore Pod on Instagram and Twitter at Greenlight Pod on Facebook. Yeah, and at we're now gonna get into the show because we're done with housekeeping stuff. Yep. Uh, <laughs> would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first, Lauren? Uh, I- go first since you have the the more awaited i, I guess that's fair uh, uh, some people might have been waiting for us to talk about the tooth fairy for 10 years but uh, uh, 11 years 11 years wow but go ahead all right well this go is ahead. tooth fairy not the tooth fairy a uh, common misconception but it's just tooth fairy <laughs> common misconception uh this is on hulu for free if you have hulu yes ma'am. um i mean i guess not free but with a hulu subscription and that is how I found it, because I was at uh, The Mechanic for four hours today, mm. even though I was only supposed to be there for an hour and a half. So mm. I was like, let me look at movies that I can do for this that I can watch for free. You know, uh, we've talked about before on this show not making enemies. I'm fine with making this enemy. Pet Boys, you're bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, if we have anyone who's a Pet Boys employee or who likes Pet Boys for some reason, 
I, you know what? I don't apologize because everyone who I have talked to has had bad experiences <laughs> with Pep Boys. Well, I was telling, uh, I actually posted on Twitter, so I don't feel bad about saying this, but you know, I was telling Jackson and his dad, because he's also had a bad experience at Pep Boys, yeah. um, <laughs> that this guy tried to get me to get the Pep Boys credit card and said, you know, when I said no, he was like, oh, but but this is for your car. You know, you can't buy purses with it. And I was like, blink, blink. Yeah. Like, I, I literally had the white guy blinking meme on my face. 100% sexist. Uh, um, Pep Boys. Uh, yeah. We're an anti-Pep Boys podcast. <laughs> podcast. Anti-Pep Boys. <laughs> Pep Boys, don't come onto the show because we're not going to let you on the show to discuss. That's we right. hate you. You're the worst. <laughs> wow. Bye, Pep Boys. That Sorry. was vehement. Had to, had to get that out. It's okay. been a day. <laughs> it has been a day. Been That's a day. true. Um, anyway, so I watched this on Hulu today. Uh, I did part of my notes while I was at Pep Boys, sadly. Um, so they might be filled with rage. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm getting learned. <laughs> this Pep Boys discourse is really yeah. hitting there. Well, whew. I've also had a day, as you may have guessed, because I was, again, at Pep Boys for four hours. At literal hell for four hours. <laughs> at the worst place you could ever imagine for four hours. <laughs> Lauren had to do that today. I broke her. I broke her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, okay, okay, okay. So the other thing, too, is that this guy, when I go to pay, he tries to tell me about how many discounts he's giving me. How, oh, I took 10% off of this, 20% off of this, whatever. And I'm like, dude, it's only because you're gouging the prices. Like, you're trying to make me feel like, ooh, I got a discount. When really, it's still more than I should have paid. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Anti-Pet Boys podcast. podcast. (laughs) Don't book us for a commercial, please. Yeah, bro. I won't accept that. (laughs) I have morals. I'm not doing a deal with the devil. (laughs) Anyway. All right. uh, Go ahead, Lauren. I'll stop. I'm like crying. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Dwayne Johnson. This is the summary from Hulu, by the way. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is a hockey playing hellion who turns into a tutu wearing tooth fairy to atone for his bad behavior in this family film. Ooh. So his bad behavior uh, is dream killing. Uh, um, okay. So I thought it was more going to be because towards the beginning of the movie, he's like he's this like famous hockey player who I guess used to be bigger and now he's kind of in like the minor leagues, but he's basically known for like knocking people's teeth out. That's why yeah. he's called the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. Um, he's a big like defense guy. He doesn't really score. Um, but yeah, an enforcer, if you will, an enforcer. Yeah. So anyway, so this kid, you know, he was already kind of a little bit mad because there was this young whippersnapper who came to the team who was probably going to be going to the pros, shining star kind of guy. And he's been kind of giving him a hard time about his age. And then this kid was like, OMG, I'm like the third best scorer on my eight-year-old hockey team. (laughs) And, um, you know, one day I'm going to be in the big leagues just like you used to be. And that just kind of rubbed him the wrong way, as you as you might guess. And he basically was like, well, you know, you're the third best on your team of eight-year-olds. But somewhere out there, there's a seven-year-old who's, like, scoring on 12-year-olds with no problem at all. And mm. there are enough of those that eventually they'll be the ones who battle it out. So, you know, lower your expectations, you'll be happier. And sheesh. it was like, sheesh. That's tough. Um, he also, I guess this is a spoiler, so don't listen to this with your kids. Um, <laughs> he also like almost kind of spoiled for his girlfriend, Ashley Judd's daughter, Tess, uh, who is six, that the Tooth Fairy wasn't real. Aha. Yeah. Or so he thought. So that night he receives a summons to Tooth Fairy Land where he receives a sentence 
to serve as a tooth fairy for not just one week, but two weeks, because he also uses the name of the tooth fairy, and they think that's offensive. <laughs> Only two weeks? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a hassle for your life, though. I mean, you can get pulled away at any moment, and then you just sprout wings. Yeah, I guess. But you also can't tell anybody, which is, well, he definitely breaks, but that's okay. Anyway, um, this movie stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, like I said, Ashley Judd, uh, Julie Andrews, Dame Julie Andrews, Ooh. Stephen Merchant, uh, and then Seth MacFarlane makes a, a cameo. Kind of a stacked cast. Yeah, well, and there's also, I was a little bit confused when I saw this on IMDb, I mean, he's a little farther down the cast list, but uh, some guy named Michael Dangerfield, no relation to Rodney. Um, oh, yeah, it's also spelled know. differently. Okay, maybe just a different Dangerfield then. Yeah. Um, how, how differently is it spelled? The only thing that's different is that it's D-A-I-N-G-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. Well, that's incorrect, but... I agree. Go ahead. I agree. Uh, this is directed by Michael Lembeck. He has 67 directing credits on IMDb and also wow. 60 actor credits. Sheesh. Yeah. Okay. So his career's been going on since the 70s, but he only got into directing a bit later in his career. Okay. So he directed the second and third Santa Claus movies. Oh. Which definitely makes sense for this. I mean, yeah. two kind of cryptid uh fairy tale creatures that visit children in the middle of the night um totally feel similar totally similar he directed 24 episodes of friends he directed the high school musical spinoff sharpay's fabulous adventure good uh he directed the tv movie starring emma watson post harry potter the bling ring (laughs) and then he also is directing coming out this year queen bees which is like a senior like a senior citizen click mean girls type of movie so it should be fun. Seems fun. Should be fun. I watched the trailer. Should be fun. Uh, some of his acting credits, again, going back to the 70s. I mean, literally just like any kind of nostalgic type lovable show yeah. he's kind of had an appearance on. So like The Love Boat, Happy Days, The Partridge Family, Fantasy Island, Murder, She Wrote, Pound Puppies, The Smurfs. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, feel like, like you slid in Pound Puppies in there. <laughs> Not, I've never heard of them. Oh, really? Have you? Yeah. Is it popular? It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, my, I don't know. I knew, I know my mom liked it. And Maybe. my grandma had like all the pound puppy stuffed animals. Like we played with them a lot as a kid. I guess the pound we puppies over. are just a blind spot for me. It's like a cartoon animated thing. Cool. I'll have to do some research on the yeah, pound puppies. Yeah, very Oliver and company. Okay. Uh, he was also, I'm not sure why, he was credited as a consultant for Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Not sure why you need a consultant, but I thought it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he's also credited as a writer slash performer for nine soundtrack credits. So he, I think, has done a bit of singing okay. as well. Okay, let's move on. There are six writers with screenplay credits for this. I'm not going to get into all of them individually because that's a lot. I'm sure that was good for this movie. Yeah. Well, there are a couple places where you can tell just a little bit. Yeah. Where like, I'm sure. they'll say one thing is tomorrow, you know, like, oh no, this is tomorrow. And then he'll be like, hey, I apologize for this happening to you yesterday, but this talent show is tomorrow. <laughs> but then they already said it was tomorrow the day before. And then yeah. they're like, but we have to go right now to make it in time. And it's sure. like, but I thought you said it was tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Anyway, uh, but these writers have been involved in projects like Robots. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series from 2012 to 2017. Okay. Rio, The Simpsons, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, Best in Show, although that one is actually an acting credit from Jim Piddick, uh, who's one of the writers on that list, uh, since he does that as well. And then uh, Jack and Jill was the only one I didn't say. And A lots of other things. But of pretty good movies and awful movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's nice variety. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 
so I tried to like look into some films that were similar vibes to this, but you know, it's like really the the big three of again mystical creatures that visit children in the middle of the night. Yep. Um, is the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, and the Tooth Fairy. Well, does Easter Bunny visit in the middle of the night? I guess he lays yeah. eggs. Yeah, it, Easter Bunny fills up your baskets while you're asleep. Your Easter basket that Is you that open on Easter morning. Yeah. <laughs> you just said something that I guess. Maybe that just wasn't a tradition for us. I know I, I know. got Easter baskets, but I didn't think it was the legend was that Easter Bunny came and filled it up. You know, now that I think about it, I wonder if my parents did that. Because we also thought the Easter Bunny came down the chimney. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait a minute. I okay, am... but I'm, I'm 100% sure, though, the Easter Bunny does canonically come in the middle of the night and leave something. Eggs or, or something. I Chocolate bunnies. I don't know. Yeah. Easter Bunny comes and leaves a couple chocolate bunnies, I imagine. Yeah. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is unhinged. We apologize. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that might just be four you, Four hours bro. in hell today. I think that might... Yeah. <laughs> the, once again, the worst place you can imagine. Lauren spent four hours there. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, anyway, that's what I thought the Easter if, Bunny did, but If whatever. the Easter Bunny came and visited you in the middle of the night, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And came uh, down so the yeah, chimney. Films based on folk legend type creatures. So I, I did want to just touch on the Santa Claus franchise as we all should yeah so the first movie has had a budget of 22 million dollars and grossed 189.8 million dollars it is a christmas classic exactly christmas classic did very well i'm sure it's still making lots of money yeah but that number was from like 2015 so yeah um it has also grossed more than 368 million as a franchise so all three movies combined oh wow so that's pretty good but the first one definitely was the most huh that's interesting. While I do think it's the best, I, I I just feel like the second and third ones, because they were sequels, would make more money. But I guess not. I feel like sequels never make as much. But I don't know. I think if I it's mean, a big it franchise, they do. Yeah. I mean, think about like the Avengers movies. Think about like the Star Wars movies. Yeah, but I think that's... I don't know. I think that's kind of different, though, because with with that, it's like... That was always meant to be like a trilogy, or that was always meant to be like a, a cinematic universe. Whereas with movies like this, I feel like it's okay. Don't say the Santa Claus cinematic universe. Uh, um, keep going then. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like with stuff like this, it was more like we meant for this to be one and done, and then it was successful, so we made another one. I guess you know what I mean. Like sure. I don't think there was an end goal with a trilogy in mind. Sure. And that's sort of why. Sure. Um, I think that they didn't do do quite as well. Um, although I, I don't really remember the second one, but I do like the third one. Martin Short. Martin Short, Jack Frost. Uh, I also want to talk about the Rankin-Bass Here Comes Peter Cottontail 1971 TV movie that was a major part of my childhood. Uh, there's a bunny in there named Iron Tail who's, uh, has a vengeance against children because, uh, a child ran over his tail with roller skates. It's a bit darker And so than now I he has an thought. iron tail that, like, clangs. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It, does it have anything to do with Easter? Well, yes, because okay. he basically is trying to, like, they're having some kind of contest or election or whatever to figure out which bunny is going to be the next official Easter bunny. <laughs> oh, okay. And it's between Iron Tail and Peter Cottontail. Oh. And all they have to do is see who can deliver the most eggs in one day, right? Okay. But the thing is, Peter Cottontail is irresponsible, and he goes out partying with his friends all night. But he's counting on his rooster friend to wake him up at 5.30 a.m. But then Iron Tail gives the rooster sticky gum so he can't open ah. his beak. 
So he sleeps all day, and then Iron Tail only manages to deliver one egg because he's scary looking, but he, <laughs> but he, still, he wins. still wins. So, and he paints all the eggs like gray and brown and stuff. Huh. I like to point this out. You said they delivered eggs during the day. <laughs> Stop it! Was there a chimney in this? <laughs> Listen, was, was here comes Peter a large part of this not movie? canon, okay? Okay. <laughs> anyway, I also okay. want to talk about Hop, which I've never seen, but sure. it had a budget of $63 million and made $184 million. Solid. I also figured I would talk about Artemis Fowl, a uh, movie that we talked about semi-recently because it came out pretty recently on Disney+. Plus. Yep. So because it came out on Disney+, Plus, I don't have the box office, but it talks about leprechauns, which um, <laughs> apparently the tooth fairies don't like very much, according to this film. Yeah. Um, but it had a budget of $125 million. And then there's also, uh, I just started looking up like movies about cryptids because I felt like I didn't have a very long list. So there's also The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. We also which, talked uh, about starring that. Starring Sam Elliott. We did talk about that. On this show. I didn't like it. Jackson thought it was like fine yeah. for some parts. I, yeah, I thought some parts were good and some parts were horrific and will haunt me forever. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, because that movie was like kind of like a festival only movie, it actually only grossed like $3,822 in the box office, which is but very low for a movie with Sam Elliott. It had Sam Elliott. That's true. And then also so Scooby-Doo won. and the Loch Ness Monster. That was direct-to-video, so IDK about that one, money-wise. I'm sure Scooby-Doo has a lot of cryptid ones, no? I'm sure they do. That was just, like, the only one I found at the top that's, okay. like, a certified cryptid and not just, like, zombies. Sure, you know? sure. Or monsters. But I'm, I feel like they have a Bigfoot thing, though. They definitely do. Yeah. Probably six to seven Bigfoot okay. things. Okay. Um, and then I also just had Abominable, which is an animated movie about a Yeti. Came yes. out in 2019. Uh, budget of $75 million, made $189.7 million. Now, so is the Tooth Fairy considered a cryptid? I, I don't know, man. Like a folk <laughs> legend, I guess. <laughs> Lauren the man, said, the myth, the legend, the Tooth Fairy. Cryptid adjacent. <laughs> Close enough. The Tooth Fairy, Basically sure. Basically cryptid. Sure. You know. You have traditions and different stuff you have to do surrounding this thing that you don't know if it exists. I buy it. Okay, cool. Anyway, uh, some of the people involved in this, like we talked about with the director and the many, many writers. Oh, yeah. uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We know him. I know you just talked about Dwayne The Rock Johnson last week because you talked about Jungle Book. So I just want to talk about where The Rock was in 2010. That's smart. So The Rock, as you all know, is a beloved, one of the most, probably the most famous wrestler of all time. From WWE. I'd say. I'd say he's the most famous, like... Person who got his start as a wrestler. Yes. But not the... He isn't as famous as he is because of wrestling. Yes. I would say. Yes. Like, though I, he because is of one wrestling, of, but, you know... Though he is definitely up there. I yeah. would argue someone like The Undertaker or, like, Ric Flair or Hulk But I feel Hogan. like mainstream people are gonna know The Rock more so than The Undertaker and Ric Flair. I Yeah, sure. I agree with you. Okay. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, so The Rock retired from WWE in 2004 because he was already starting to kind of do some acting, right? So his contract expired in 2004. He parted ways with the WWE. Um, and he, you know, I think he's made like maybe some couple brief appearances, but he hasn't fought at all. He, well, uh, he definitely went he's back. some promos and stuff. In like 2012, 2013, I think. Because he, yeah. he had a feud with John Cena around that time, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, but his official retirement was 2004. Yes, but that was after this, so it doesn't count. After this True, movie. after this. Um, he was already bald by then, so. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't bald in this. Yeah. Um. Okay. An important distinction. Yes. So, yeah, he was starting to act more, Um. all that stuff. So prior to his retirement from the WWE, he actually already appeared in that 70s show playing his father, Rocky Johnson. 
Uh, he, he also appeared in Star Trek Voyager, the series, for an episode. Uh, the Mummy Returns and The Scorpion King. Yes. As The Scorpion King. Kind of King. where he got his big acting start, I feel like. Yeah, I would agree. Because that was definitely like an action-y kind of, again, mythical. He's a cryptid in that, maybe. I would say. <laughs> maybe. Sure. <laughs> Um, Cryptid adjacent. <laughs> yeah, and then in between uh, his official WWE retirement and this, he did films like Get Smart, Race to Witch Mountain, which I loved, had on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Game Plan, Gridiron great Gang, one episode of Hannah Montana as himself. Oh, nice. Good stuff. Okay, and as you know, I mean, obviously he's done a ton since. Like, he has. Just now, Jungle Cruise, uh, Baywatch, um... Central Intelligence. Many, many, many things. All the Fast and Furious. Many, many. A lot many. of the Not Fast all and the Furious. Fast and uh, Hobbs and Shaw, you yeah. know, also Fast and Furious. I think they universe. get it. Uh, yeah, you get it. Okay, so Ashley Judd. Uh, so her first IMDb credit is actually also a Star Trek series, but it's a different one. Star Trek The Next Generation, which was in like the late 80s to early 90s. She was in one episode of that. She's known for being in Heat, Double Jeopardy. Um, also, after this, Olympus Has Fallen, Dolphin Tale 1 and 2. Uh, the Divergent series. She is also known more recently for being one of the major faces of the Me Too movement, which I know we've touched on uh, on who is that. Because yeah. I want to say she was a guest for somebody at one point. Um, anyway, Dame Julie Andrews. I did not even have to go to her IMDb because I know so much about Dame Julie Andrews. <laughs> um, I did a project on her once when I was in like middle school. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, so she was in the musical of My Fair Lady. Yes. Also, the musical of Camelot, uh, the musical Victor Victoria, lots of other Broadway stuff. She's had a huge theater career. Um, But also, she was in the film version of The Sound of Music, Mary Poppins, uh, more recently, Princess Diaries 1 and 2. Pretty much any role where you need someone with poise, you hire Dame Julie Andrews. Mm -hmm. She's actually, oh, how old is she? I think she's turning 86 this year. Wow. Yeah. And she still looks good, I feel like. She looks great. Yeah. Yeah, she takes care of herself. Um, she's also Gru's mom in the Despicable Me franchise. Oh. Yeah. Lovely. Um, but yeah, she was Lily in this, so she's like the director of the fairies. She's okay. the head honcho of the fairies. Very nice. Um, and then the last actor I want to talk about real quick was Stephen Merchant. So uh, we actually just recently talked about how he was in Fighting With My Family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also with The Rock. Um, although he only had a v- really brief appearance in this. Um, yeah. He created... The Office. Yeah. The UK mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Um, he also was an actor just for like a little bit in the UK version of The Office. Yeah. Um, he's done just tons and tons of stuff with Ricky Gervais. Um, yeah. That's how you pronounce his name, right? Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Okay. Yeah. I just, I'm always, I always second guess that. Uh, he was a voice actor in Nomeo and Juliet slash Sherlock Gnomes, both of those. Classics. Robot Chicken. He did an episode of Drunk History where he played Lincoln. Um, the Big Bang Theory. He was in Logan. He was in an episode of The Good Place. He yep. was the accounting guy. Mm-hmm. He was also in Jojo Rabbit. But he's just a big, like, he's just that anytime you need a funny, like, really tall, lanky guy. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Merchant. the bill. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about my thoughts with this. Your thoughts. Thoughts. Um, like Penny I said, it's not, like, super well written. You know, definitely having six writers what? lends itself to having maybe some some plot holes. 
things like that. I don't know but why you'd say that. I think that, you know, and also I will say, I told Jackson this before we started, this has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 41% audience score. Oh. <laughs> so a little better. Audiences were medium. I'd say the 41% best. is maybe a little more accurate okay. to where I would place this movie. Okay. But audience I, was right. I also, though, think that if you go into this movie with the expectation that it's going to be ridiculous, like it's going to be dumb. Yeah, yeah. Then I think you can watch it and have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think I watched this and had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so the budget for this was $48 million. Uh, at the box office, it made $112.5 million, so it more than doubled its money. Mm. Pretty good. Um, it also got a sequel starring Larry the Cable Guy. I could not find budget and box office info for that. <laughs> I doubt it did as well, because I had never yeah, heard of that version. Yeah, <laughs> I have heard of it for sure, but... Uh, um, yeah, this this had a really stacked cast, like we talked about before. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting is that there were a lot of, like, very wrestlery things that Dwayne The Rock Johnson said. And sure. I don't know how much of that was, like, improvised, whether it was, like, written into the script for him, whether it was written for him or whether, like, they wrote that in after he was cast. Sure. Um, but yeah, a lot of wrestler things. So for example, he's this hockey player, the tooth fairy, and he comes out onto the ice and he's screaming all these catchphrases like, you want the tooth, the whole tooth and nothing but the tooth, you know, like all this stuff like that. And he's about to fight Steven Merchant at one point and he starts talking about like, oh, well, you're going to meet the Hammer Brothers, Jack and Sledge. You know, yeah. with being his, his arms, arms. Yeah. and makes comments throughout the movie about like, oh, you better watch it. The Hammer Brothers are still in town, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, stuff like that. Very, very wrestler. He even does like poses like that. And at this point, he's not that far off from his wrestling career. So I think that they probably hired him being like, yeah, go do your thing. Go yeah. do your thing that you do. For sure. You know, um, it's also very 2010. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, even just to like, obviously what the phones look like, you know, he gets summoned a lot of times to um, go pick up these teeth from yeah, kids of course. Um, on his on his phone that has like the sliding keyboard of and course. like whatever, you know. Um, yeah. And then there's also a scene where The Rock and Steven Merchant say goodbye that I'm almost sure is improvised because it's a little bit clunky joke wise. Okay. But, you know, they say all these things. They're like, oh, well, we can, like, email, right? Like, do you Facebook? Do you blog? I'd love to read your blog. Mm. And it was just really brought me back. Um, yeah, so overall, this was, like, a fun, enjoyable movie. It is it is rated PG, and it has a couple of jokes that are, like, a little dirty. And they have a couple times where he, like, oh, yeah. says the first half of a swear <laughs> word, and then they cut, you know. but Son of a. I mean, it's it's bull, hmm, which is funny because he has a big bull tattoo and everything, and yeah, that's kind of his thing. Um, anyway, but you know, it, it is meant to be like a family movie. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wish they would have kept him in the tutu the whole time. I did feel like it was advertised that way, like on the poster <laughs> and everything. Yeah. They did not. I was kind of bummed. Um, but you know what? It made money. I had fun. Green light. Nice. Okay. Two truths and a lie. Let's do it. Whew. Okay. There is a Wilhelm scream in the end credits of this movie. Do you know what that is? That's like the... Uh, yeah, that... that's like the super famous like scream yeah. sound effect. Yeah. That's in like 400 movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a Wilhelm scream in this. Okay. Uh, next thing. The child actor who played Tess, who is like the six-year-old Ashley Judd's daughter, yep. um, actually lost a tooth during shooting and The Rock coordinated with her mother for him to make an appearance as the Tooth Fairy at their home. Okay. Last truth. Yep. In 1993, the script was originally written for Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
This was about a drill instructor who, after his father's death, had to carry on his legacy as the Tooth Fairy. Um, I'm going to say the second one is f- fake. Damn it. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it. I sensed it. Okay, whatever. I'd well, like yeah. to see Arnold, Arnold and the Rock, I feel like, occupy similar spaces. I agree. I think so that, I like, that. the Rock is more, like, charismatic and funny, but Arnold definitely has that kind of, like, he can deliver these really, you know, like, goofy lines with a straight face and it makes it even funnier you know what yeah, i mean for sure. whereas the rock kind of has that like smile and wink kind of yeah thing. also uh, if the first one was the lie i would have been incredibly impressed like how would you think of that off the top of your head yeah uh, that's true <laughs> that one there was not insane. a lot of good trivia for this i'll no, be honest for sure, for sure. uh but well, yeah arnold actually chose gotcha. the last action hero instead uh so this project oh. went into limbo gotcha until the rock picked it up that's right and brought it back to life the rock is cooking an acting career. There you go. Speaking of things uh, being brought back to life, being rebooted slash sequeled, let's talk about 2021's Candyman. Uh, this is an R-rated film, like I said, released in 2021. A sequel, and I a sequel in quotes a little bit, um, to the horror film Candyman that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. A little bit more in-depth description. In present day, many years after the last of the Cabrini Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now-gentrified Cabrini. A chance encounter with an old-timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to use these macabre details in his studio as fresh grist for paintings, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. So, I say sequel in quotes because... It is, like, it does reference the events of the first film, but obviously this is released 30 years after the first film. And it is, like, it is in that same universe, obviously, but not, I guess there is, it's not a sequel in the traditional sense where it takes place soon after the events of the first. And that's why I would call it almost a soft reboot in a way, because it is in that universe and it does have some of the characters from the original. However, it is not in a a traditional sense. So Candyman soft reboot. Uh, let's start at first. Uh, I am actually going to talk a lot about kind of the differences between the original and this one, okay. and how they tie in together. Have so you this seen is the original. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. But just from what I have gathered, For I sure. do, would like to see the the original. Um, but even just in like the this this one kind of fills in some of the uh backstory actually that the first one doesn't even entail. So hmm. kind of cool, and so it might be a little bit of a spoiler, but you know, sorry. Okay, so first off, some people who were involved in this. Uh, this film is directed by Nia DaCosta, uh, who seems to be a fairly new but fairly upcoming director. Yeah, I actually heard that she um, just recently, since this just came out, became like the first black woman to ever top the box office. Oh, is that one of your two truths and a lie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have another one that I can add. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyways... <laughs> Well, I should have um, saved it, because then I would have gotten it. Yeah, you would have at least narrowed it down. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, she's directed a movie called Little Woods, 
uh, two episodes of a TV show, Top Boy, and now Candyman. However, she is slated to direct The Marvels, which is a sequel to Captain Marvel. Okay. So, you know, uh, a big uh, horror film, which has Jordan Peele attached, this one, and a Marvel movie, I would consider you a, a big up-and-coming director. Definitely. Uh, so this movie is also written by Nia DaCosta, as well as, as I mentioned, Jordan Peele and Wynne Rosenfeld. Uh, so Jordan Peele, obviously we're probably all fairly familiar with him, uh, got uh, his start as sort of a writer-actor, um, acted in a lot of things. Obviously, he was a big part of Key and Peele, the Peele half of that, uh, where he wrote and acted in a sketch show. He also wrote for Mad TV as he was getting his start. Um, and then uh, he sort of moved to the horror genre, horror slash social commentary, uh, with movies like Get Out, Us, and Now This. Uh, he is also an Oscar-winning writer, well, best original screenplay for Get Out. hey uh, Then, like I said, Wynn Rosenfeld, uh, he is the president of Monkey Paw, which is Jordan Peele's production company. Uh, that Jordan Peele started. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's produced things like Black Klansmen, uh, which Jordan Peele also produced, uh, the Twilight Zone TV series, and this movie. Um, and also he's executive producer of Lovecraft Country, the hmm. TV show that just recently came out. Yeah, that, uh, that got canceled. Sadly. I believe it did. Yeah, which, which is a huge bummer because, I, I mean, I still haven't watched it, but I've heard really, really good things. Me too, and I'm, I'm kind of sad that I never got to watch it as well. I mean, yeah. I can still watch it. I mean, we it, can but, watch it, but it yeah. won't be another season. <laughs> yeah, what am I talking about? You're right. I'm sad that it's not continuing. Uh, so, uh, some actors who were in this. Uh, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II uh, is our leading man, uh, starring as Anthony McCoy. Um, he is known for uh, the Get Down TV series. Uh, I most know him as uh, one of the antagonists in uh, Aquaman. He plays Manta, uh, one of the big bads, the guy in the black suit hmm. um, with the red glowing eyes. Uh, he was also in Trial of Chicago 7 and the Watchmen TV series, uh, which apparently some people know him from as well. So he's been in a couple superhero stuff. Uh, I need and, to, well, I'm still reading Watchmen, so then sure. I need to watch it because I've heard the series is very good. I need to as well. Um, and he's obviously going to be in the upcoming Aquaman uh, sequel as well. Uh, next, we have Tiona Paris as Brianna Cartwright. Uh, she's been in some things like Mad Men, Empire, and If Beale Street Could Talk, but most notably to me, and probably most notably to you, she was in WandaVision as Monica Rambeau. Hey! Yeah! Uh, and she was her. outstanding in that, in that, uh, and she was great in this, too. Uh, so, uh, I, I imagine we'll be seeing a lot more of her. And she's also going to be in the upcoming movie, uh, The Marvels. So, which makes sense. Uh, next we have... Uh, Coleman Domingo, uh, who Lauren just recently talked about, as a matter of fact, uh, because of Zola. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, he's also been in movies like Lee Daniels' The Butler, Selma, If Beale Street Could Talk, uh, the Twilight Zone TV series, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and, uh, he's actually one of the main characters in Fear the Walking Dead, hmm. uh, which is the spinoff series to The Walking Dead. Uh, crazy that The Walking Dead is still going, IMO. I was a big Walking Dead fan. Is it Dead really fan. still going? Oh, yeah. I was oh a God. I was a huge Walking Dead what fan. What more can you do with that? I don't know. For like the first, I I sort of started a little bit late. I started watching it live around season three. I had to catch up. Very good. So watched and then watched until about season five, season six. Where See, I the sort thing of is, I feel like you know, with shows like I mean, Lost, The Walking Dead, even The Good Place, you can only go so far in a series like that where you run out of things to do and you have to pull the "This is all fake. This is all a dream" card. Yeah, but they have not yet. So. 
Surviving the zombie apocalypse. I mean, they've certainly cycled through casts. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I don't think there are really many of the original cast members still on it. Sure. So, anyways, uh, only a couple more people that I'll briefly talk about because uh, those are the main three. But we also have uh, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, uh, who is uh, Tiona uh, Tiona Paris's brother in this. Um, he's British, which I didn't know. So a, a lot of his credits, I believe, are from the uk uh but he was in some things that we might know uh the misfits the kid who would be king and he was also in the 2017 production of angels in america the one with andrew garfield and nathan lane so that's pretty cool um then finally uh nathan stewart jarrett's uh boyfriend into this kyle kaminsky uh he is known for Candyman, because essentially besides that all he's been in is like short films which i think is kind of interesting to yeah. to go from that to a a you know decent supporting role in a major motion picture for uh, sure kind of good for you kyle so i'm jealous uh so let's get into just some other fun stuff i have a couple of just facts before we get in one that i'm no longer facts. going to talk about <laughs> um actually two that i'm no longer going to talk about so uh <laughs> really i only have one more before i start to start talking about like the original and and differences and things like that so uh this movie uh like the first is sort of based on the short story the forbidden by clive barker and uh speaking of that original Candyman, that original Candyman came out in 1992 it's an american gothic supernatural horror film uh this film follows a chicago graduate student who's a white woman completing a thesis on urban legends and folklore which leads her to the legend of the Candyman, the ghost of an artist and the son of a slave who was murdered in the late 19th century for his relationship with the daughter of a white a wealthy white his relationship with the daughter of a wealthy white man yes wait a minute is Candyman a cryptid Shut up. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, entertain that. Uh, so the original film had a budget uh, between 8 and $9 million and made $25 million at the box office. So a good success there. Had a 77% on Rotten Tomato score. Uh, had two sequels. Uh, one that was released in 1995 and one in 1999, respectively, that were both kind of standalone sequels. They didn't really, you know, uh, tie into the others that much, which is why I would say this is like a, a soft reboot, but yes. also kind of a sequel. Um, So part of the reason why this is a sequel is because it explains sort of the lore of the Candyman that the original nor the sequels really do. Uh, so I'm going to get into that a little bit here because I want to talk about kind of the differences between the two. Uh, like I said, disclaimer, I have not seen the first movie. So if some of the things I say are incorrect, sorry. I was getting this off of the internet. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so both movies could definitely sort of be considered like racial commentaries. But the first one seems to be a little less overtly so. Um, and the first one really deals with the Candyman. As in like the Candyman is a person. And obviously kind of made up of bees. If you've seen The Candyman, you kind of know it. But kind of a singular horror figure who is, uh, as, as I mentioned before, um, you know, the ghost of, of you know, this artist and, and son of a slave who, who was, you know, um, the, the main antagonist, I guess. Um, kind of antagonist, kind of not in, in the first one. This movie, however, posits that uh, The Candyman is actually sort of a... Uh, it's it's like a hive, if you will, if we're going with with the bee metaphor. Um, uh, Candyman essentially uh, is like, you know, different people throughout history who have been 
uh, who have kind of like avenging black people who have been killed in like cruel and racist ways. Um, so like that, it, it sort of takes the original and expounds upon it. So while the original was that guy, it is now like they also talk about other people throughout history who have right. taken on this like Candyman moniker. And throughout this movie, kind of part of the main conflict of this movie is uh, Anthony is sort of becoming one of the Candyman because he mm. is trying to he's trying to sort of um, bring this myth of the Candyman into his art. He creates this art exhibit um, for a show where he has a mirror. And, uh, it, it is, uh, it's called actually, uh, say his name, which is also part of, part of the racial commentary in this film. But, um, so that encourages people to say Candyman's name five times in this mirror. And if you open up the mirror, it has other pieces sort of inside that, um, also deal with, uh, Cabrini Green and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the main part is the mirror. Some people do it. It sort of summons the Candyman. He does it and summons the Candyman. Um, and then he is bit by... Or he is stung by a bee. And uh, that bee, then uh, the the sting sort of spreads throughout and it gets infected. And he sort of starts to be overcome by the Candyman. Um, and as you see other people in this movie who do the same thing, mostly white people, um, they are in fact killed by the Candyman. However, he's sort mm. of being overcome by the Candyman. Um... Uh, uh, and I would say that, like, you know, this film is sort of more focused on that, like, racial commentary aspect. Uh, we sort of also find out in this movie, uh, part of the connection to the original one, um, part part of the conflict in the first one is that um, the Candyman steals, uh, ba- steals a baby and, and is trying to, um, you know, um, just, like, kill it or, or you know, uh, terrorize people. And that baby, it turns out, is Anthony. His mom hid that from him. He never knew that, but he finds this out. Um, and, he, and he's actually saved by the uh, the protagonist of the original Candyman film. So there, there, there's all that that sort of ties it into the first one. But it sort of expounds upon it. It sort of, you know, explains a few things in like a different sort of lens, I think. Which is, which is kind of interesting, I think. Kind of cool. Um, so now let's talk about my thoughts. Um... Wait, actually, I think there was one more thing I wanted to say about the, like, original Candyman that is discussed in this film. I don't know. Oh, I, I, so, so, I, I think one thing that this movie does a good job of is sort of explains the original if you haven't seen the original. Okay. And the way that it does that is, like, through these, this, like, shadow puppetry that is, like, animated that I think is, like, re- a really cool way and one of the strong points of this film. And it sort of leads into this next one. Um, what I'm going to talk about. And it sort of explains the origins, not only that they were killed, but, like, why, you know, the whole bees thing and everything like that. It sort of explains that pretty well through these, like, shadow puppets, which I think is really cool. And it also talks about the other Candyman through the shadow puppets as well, etc. I guess, so, because, like, when I see, there's this giant billboard that I drive by on the way to American Girl. And, um, it was the one that had old and snake eyes, and now it has Candyman and Paw Patrol. Okay. Um, A nice little divide there yeah but um so the stuff dripping off of the like crowbar or whatever it is or the ice pick uh Mm -hmm. that's honey right probably okay it's like bright yellow is why i was a little like i don't know what that is (laughs) so so i guess i'll talk about it because it's pretty quick um the original uh man that they killed who became candy man um they cut off his hand shoved a hook into his hand covered him in honey and then let, like, bees, like, devour him. That is why he has the hook. That is why he has bees, honey, mm. etc. 
etc. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um. So, anywho, uh, let's talk about my thoughts. Yeah. So, I think this movie is really well done. Um, there are a lot of things that I like here. Um, I think the acting overall is solid, especially from the main characters. I think um, what's his first name? Uh, Yaya. Um, I think he does an awesome job. Um, and I think you know uh, the the other main characters do good as well. Coleman Domingo is great. The side characters, I would say, are kind of some of the weaker parts. Um, a bit caricature-y and not in like a, oh, haha, I get it way, kind of like a cringe way sometimes. Mm. But, you know, they, they're there to serve a purpose more than for us to, uh, you know, relate with them. So I, I think that's fine, but, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, not great acting by, by these folks. Um, I would say, uh... Uh, oh, sorry. Wrong place. Uh, visually, I think this movie is stunning. Um, I really like, like I said, especially what they did with the shadow puppets, but I just think it's, it's really cool. Like some of the camera movements in comparison to old, where it felt like some of the camera movements were like, why'd you put this here? This movie, it felt very deliberate in the way that the camera was moving and like, it helped tell the story Mm -hmm. as opposed to just, oh, haha. We get it. We're moving in a slow circle again. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it especially handled that backstory well through the shadow puppets and through the storytelling and, and things like that. I, it didn't really feel clunky to me and felt uh, engaging. Um, and like the oh, the changes and updates were solid. And like I think the way that they handled these issues, you know, obviously Jordan Peele is a master at uh, mixing horror and uh, social commentary. And I think he he hit it out of the park again with this one. Dialogue a bit clunky, I'll say sometimes. Um, but, you know, overall, it can be forgiven, and I think I definitely have to greenlight this one. Uh, it's an update to a popular horror franchise with some really good people attached to it, and, you know, it seems like Jordan Peele at this point can do no wrong, so I think I'd 100% greenlight it. Are you nice. ready? I think so. Two truths and a lie. Okay. Truth number one. Actually, this is hard. Um... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Truth number one. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield was considered for the role of Anthony McCoy, but turned it down for Judah and the Black Messiah. Okay. Truth number two. Um, a sequel to Candyman was in talks in response to the success of Freddy vs. Jason, and was going to be a crossover titled Candyman vs. Leprechaun. But the actor who played the original Candyman said, and I quote, I will never be involved with something like that. Number three. Truth number three. Uh, As I mentioned before, part of Anthony's character development into the Candyman involves him getting stung by a bee and infection spreading across his arm and body. While filming an outdoor scene, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, who played Anthony, was stung by a bee and had an allergic reaction, causing him to be rushed to the hospital. I think that one's the lie. Yeah, that's the lie. I knew it. <laughs> that's the lie. I knew it. I feel like I was at a slight disadvantage because you knew facts. Uh, <laughs> but, sorry, I, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, props to you. Props to you. Uh, but yeah, that's our episode, folks. That's all I got. Unless all you right. got something else. Learned. I I don't think I have anything else. But yeah, okay, cool. uh, join us again next week. Subscribe to our Patreon and um, check out who is that when we return in a couple weeks. You're not looking at and I know. Maybe if you look in the window. Mid- <gasps> Candy bad! Okay. okay, don't do it though. Uh, <laughs> that's it for Lauren and I. Have a good morning, afternoon, evening. And we love you. We love you.